What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Wednesday, March 20th. We're only 24 hours away from March Madness. Maybe even less than that by the time you're listening. I'm Will Brinson. I'm the host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for rating. Thank you for reviewing. Dive on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, the world Spotify. Dive on there. Leave a rating or review wherever you can. And speaking of March Madness, while you're signing up for stuff, you want to win your bracket, right? Obviously. Yes, of course you do. Go to Sportsline.com to dominate your office bragging rights. Last year, Sportsline's optimal bracket finished in the top 5% of CBS Sports brackets. Called Villanova winning it all and... The upset bracket called 12 of 18 first-round upsets by double-digit seeds the last three years. That's really good. So go to sportsline.com slash brackets, get the insight you need to win, and sign up for a dollar for your first month promo code TOUCHDOWN. It's that easy, folks. Go win your bracket. Make money. Should we do – oh, um, kind of think on this on the like spur of the moment. But we have – a uh, there's multiple CBS brackets you can sign up for. I will get that information out and tweet it. We have one where we're doing against experts. You can pick against me and Tom Fernelli. Uh, I think RJ is in there. Ryan Wilson, Matt Norlander, Gary Parrish, of course, Chip Patterson, all the, all the college basketball guys. Um, if, if, if you want to do a pick six podcast bracket, let me know. I got a bunch of t-shirts now. I'll mail the winner a t-shirt. How's that sound? Uh, tweet me if you want to get into it. I'll try and tweet out a, uh, a link to that. Let's get to the news and we'll do our final third segment of our mock draft. I know some, at least one person tweeted me and said they don't like mock drafts. Well, I mean, I, I don't, it's, it's, it's March, man. I don't know what to tell you. I can't do a bracket of, I guess I could do a bracket of prospects or a bracket of, great teams or something like that, but it's March, okay? It's a hard time to fill the void in the NFL. Fortunately, there's a lot of news. Let's get to it. Then we'll get to uh, Tom Fernelli, R.J. White, and myself wrapping it up on the uh, the old uh, the old mock draft. First up, Clay Matthews signs with the Rams. He got pretty well paid. Interesting offseason for the Rams defense because they've added – they lost to Marcus Joyner – um, they kept brought back Dante Fowler. They they added Clay Matthews. They add Eric Weddle. If these veteran guys stay healthy, they open the window a little bit wider. I think. I, I think they have a better chance of making another Super Bowl run. Maybe they can win this one by adding these veterans. Now these guys have to stay healthy. It's not a guaranteed thing by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but it is interesting to see the way that the Rams are approaching this off season. Randall Cobb is going to the Cowboys. Also interesting. Another uh, second-wave veteran signing, former Packers player, of course. But a, it's like a big name. Randall Cobb is a big name. Clay Matthews is a big name. They're getting him on value, relatively speaking. This is a pure Cole Beasley replacement, it feels like. The Cowboys want to get Dak Prescott an underneath guy. Randall Cobb plays 16 games in that Cowboys offense with Amari Cooper distracting uh, while he runs underneath, and he could have a big year. Cole Beasley got tons of targets, and he complained that his targets were directed elsewhere because he wasn't Amari Cooper, I guess, or Des Bryant, or whatever it was. Randall Cobb could get a lot of targets in that Cowboys offense, and he would be a good target for Dak Prescott. Bruce Irvin, 
Again, big names. A lot of big names flying around. Cheap big names flying around. Second wave of free agency. Bruce Irvin is going to the Panthers. Hard not to like that signing, although I'm not sure he fits as a pure 4-3 rush in, per se, in Ron Rivera's system. But they badly need pass rushers. They're not going to light him up as outside linebacker, right? I mean, I look, it's fine. They need pass rushers. Plug him in there. Let him work. It, it, pass rusher's been a problem in Carolina for the last few years. Julius Peppers has covered it up by being insanely healthy at his age uh, and insanely productive, and Carolina has no edge rush, really, so to speak, outside of, like, Wes Horton. I mean, they, they, they just they need some juice on the edge. I would not be at all surprised if Carolina, now that they've got Matt Paradis, instead of, uh, you know, don't have to worry about drafting Garrett Bradbury, if they went out and, and got an edge player early on in the draft. Vontez Perfect. Signs with the Raiders? Yes! Do you know how good this is? Vontez Perfect and Antonio Brown once multiple times have engaged in fisticuffs, including that famous playoff matchup uh, where Perfect stormed in the, into the locker room after the you know, interception, and it looked like the Bengals were going to win, and then he knocked out Antonio Brown with an illegal hit, and then the Bengals choked. And now they're on the same defense as uh, as Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk helpfully recounted back in 2012. And I remember I remember being there and hearing Mike Mayock say this. Um, Evan Silva, friend of the program, wrote the post back in April of 2012. Um, Mike Mayock, current Raiders GM, asked before the draft about Vontez Perfect, who he just signed. I put it on his tape with absolutely zero preconceived notions. I watched three tapes, and I really didn't like him as a football player. I think he's a non-draftable kid. For me, he's a free agent. Now, Vontez Mayock was not wrong. Let's give Mayock credit here. Vontez Perfect did go undrafted, and um, now he's he's on the team that Mayock is supposedly running with the wide receiver that Mayock supposedly traded for who doesn't like him. So it's a weird dynamic. The obvious uh, connection here, of course, is Paul Gunther, Defensive coordinator for the Raiders was DC for the Bengals when, when Vontez was drafted and, and was a, you know, they, I'm sure they have a tight connection and that he believes Vontez can be a, I don't know, I mean, like, what, what's the phrase? A, a, not a terminator in the middle of his defense, but, uh, you know, I mean, like he, like he believes, he believes he can be the, the physical presence in the middle of this Raiders defense to sort of change things. But over under Vontez Perfect, uh, fines next year is, $275,000 and you take the over all day long. Also in the, speaking of the Raiders, did we talk about the Raiders? Just kidding. Um, the Raiders, this is my favorite story of the year. The Raiders got best, a best transaction award from the Sloan Sports Conference. Analytical nerds. And I say that as someone who loves to nerd out. They got a best transaction award from the Sloan Sports Conference for their trade of Khalil Mack. That's right. The universally panned trade of the de- defensive player of the year candidate and in his prime pass rusher was given an award, uh, by Sloan basically because this panel of people who voted on it is, I think it's like students. Daryl Morey, the Houston Rockets GM is on it. Multiple people were on it. They, they picked these awards. Um, they believe that trading, uh, Khalil Mack when he was about to get paid a big contract and getting multiple first round picks in return 
was worth the value. And it's interesting. If the Raiders nail the picks, that's great. Uh, Moray told Vic Tefer of the athletic that, you know, it's not about the results. It's about the process. And he's not wrong. And that, that, that ties into the draft pick situation. Um, it's the funny part is that he called the Raiders more. He did to, to be like, Hey, like just want to let you know, uh, you won an award at Sloan best transaction for the Cleo Mac trade. And they, they got mad because they were like, are you, are you effing with us? Like, what, what is your problem, dude? And he's like, no, 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 really. We, we gave you an award. You, you get the award, which is, so that's kind of exciting. Um, there is always Kyler Murray news. He's, he met with the Cardinals. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Kyler Murray met with Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury on Oklahoma's campus, according to a report. One would expect that that went well. Although I, I still think there's almost like a, the smoke has died down a little bit too much. Like it, it got rolling at the combine almost purposefully and now it's cooled down a little bit. Um, I don't, I don't know. I can still see Josh Rosen being traded, but it feels like the way the Cardinals have attacked free agency, they're planning for, for Josh Rosen to be there. They're planning to take, I think, Nick Bosa or Quinn Williams, as I explained on Monday's show. I don't think Quinn Williams you can rule out considering that, you know, the Cardinals do have a, a blue chip pass rusher. Just a thought. Um, but so, the, you know, they're, they're working on that. They're talking to Kyler Murray. We'll see how it goes. It goes to show you the Cardinals had not, as Pete Prisco pointed out, Cardinals had not worked on these quarterbacks yet. Finally, Russell Wilson on Jimmy Fallon's program, The Tonight Show. Don't know if you heard of it. And he was asked by Jimmy Fallon, former SNL star, about uh, rumors of playing for the New York Giants. Interesting answer, I think. I heard a rumor, and you could just tell me because I won't, I won't tell anybody. Yeah. We won't, we won't yeah. Talk about it. No, yeah, no one. Everyone just earmuffs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a rumor that maybe you could be maybe signing with the New York Giants. I'm just saying. I just heard a rumor. About I, I'm this. not sure if the Seahawks. <laughs> we, we are in New York. But I, I'm not sure if the Seahawks are gonna let me get away. Yeah, no. I, I love Seattle, and Seattle's a special place. So, uh, yeah, you know, been on one Super Bowl there. Go to go to two Super Bowls, multiple playoff games, and everything else. And I know, uh, but you know. you know, you're still young. You got, you know, you should go. Are you bribing me to New York? No, no, I'm just saying, dude, travel. Travel's good for, <laughs> travel's good for the brain, dude. We would, I think it'd be fun to have you here. You know, if you sign. I, I did win a Super Bowl here. Yeah. So New, oh, York, well. New York, New York, New Jersey's been good. Yeah, alright, well, anyway. Uh. <laughs> now, obviously, Russell did not, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't slam the door shut. I don't think he opened it up to like he would play for the Giants, but I thought that was, I, it was kind of interesting to hear him, uh, express his opinion on that and be like, well, I did win in New York. And it does make it more interesting when you hear what Jimmy Fallon and Russell Wilson had to say. Bear in mind, this is an interview that Russell did. I mean, like, like he's not he's not appearing on the Tonight Show in the middle of a random offseason. He's not plugging anything. He's just hanging out with Jimmy Fallon. Nothing to say. Russell Wilson doesn't do that, okay? Russell Wilson plans stuff out. So if he shows up, and Jimmy Fallon asks him about rumors about the playing for the Giants, and then he doesn't deny it. And then immediately after, Jimmy Fallon asks him this: uh, <laughs> I, I heard that if your next negotiation, your next contract, there's a possibility that you will be the highest-paid quarterback in the history of the league. Yeah, well, there's a, there's a great potential of that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, how does that? Does that make you feel good? Does that mean is that? Cool? Well, you know, uh, it's not. It's not gonna make me feel bad. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean. 
I mean, come on. Like, what, what are we, what are we doing here? Like, I, and look, I don't get, I don't, I don't blame Russell for doing this. First of all, Russell should be the highest paid quarterback in the league. You heard the conversation we had with Jason Lock and Fora previously about that. Uh, no reason why he wouldn't be extremely well paid, but it does seem like this Russell Wilson's camp. Russell Wilson is methodical and smart and approaches his public persona the same way Tom Brady does. If he's appearing on the Tonight Show and being asked about his contract situation and playing for the Giants and being the highest played, highest paid quarterback in NFL history, he's not doing it on accident. It's not like Jimmy Fallon surprising him. Oh, oh my God, what is what a shock. How did you how did you figure this out, Jimbo? In other words, Russell wants to get paid. This is going to be drama heading into this offseason because if they don't get a contract done, he's he's Going to be a free agent after this offseason. He'll get franchise tagged, but that will heat things up. We really shake up the draft market too next year. Fortunately, we got draft market to talk about this year. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and bang out part three of our mock draft series. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, final section of the 2019 CBS Sports Mock Draft, Mocktacular. Uh, there's a good chance that our, our bosses will demand that we do more of these mock drafts. Uh, thank you to, of course, Ryan Wilson, Tom Fernelli, RJ White, hanging with me for a lengthy period of time as we recorded this all in one segment. Uh, Ryan, this is the second time you've had to do it, like a 90 minute stretch run with me. How do you, how do you feel about, uh, talking to me on the phone for this length of period, this length of time? Well, last time we did a pre-combine, we talked to our guy, John Ledger from the Draft Network. You yep. got two of the three podcasts up, so that's pretty good. We'll see if you get all three podcasts <laughs> up this time. And, and we'll see if you can improve your batting average. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to send the whole file to, uh, Debo, our producer, after this, just so he's got the whole thing. I, Sorry I, for asking you. No. That's for the greedy Williams pick. No, it's fine. I emailed him the wrong file and I got, I was, he sent me an email back at 530 in the morning because I was flying to Indy. He's like, this isn't the right file. I can't post it. And uh, so my apologies John, to John Ledyard, who was awesome. Uh, number 21 overall. We're going to wrap up the draft, bang through these last 12 picks. Ryan, you're on the clock for the Seattle Seahawks. Earl Thomas is gone. He gave the uh, one-finger salute on his way out of town. Yes, They're going to draft uh, Florida safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. 
who, like Greedy Williams, as I said in the last podcast, didn't really like tackling people in 2017. He got a lot better in 2018. Played out of the slot mostly, but can play deep center field. Feels neat there. Super athletic. I like him a lot. Um, I would say that this is perfectly Seattle because who doesn't know who Chauncey Gardner Johnson is out there? But, uh, I know he is. Tell me about it. He played at Florida. I mean, it's not like he's from some small. I think, you know, it's funny. I think the safety class, it's, it's weird because the more people I talk to, the more opinions I get of who the best safety is. Cause I feel like there's not really a guy in this class that establishes himself as the no doubt guy. Like, you know, you hear a lot about Nasser Adderley from Delaware. I haven't seen enough of him to really have an opinion. I think Chauncey Gardner Johnson could end up being the best safety in this draft. I also think that Taylor Rapp could be the best safety in this draft. The best Jonathan Abram could be the best safety in this draft. There's a lot of guys here who I'm intrigued by, who I'm not 100% sure which one's the best one. And I think that, you know, if, if Seattle did end up taking Chauncey Gardner Johnson, given, given their track record with defensive backs and safeties, I would, I would trust it. Hey, Tom, what do you think of Deontay Thompson? Because I felt like the safety at Alabama, the first two thirds of the season, it was the Deontay Thompson first round pick conversation. And then he sort of slipped towards the end of the season and actually didn't look that great. And now we're talking about him, you know, in mock draft universe that he may even be like a second round pick. Yeah. I don't think he's a very good tackler and I don't think he's that great. I mean, if I think it depends on how you use him. I think Alabama, I think Alabama's secondary, just to be blunt, was not very good last year. And I think that we're so used to Alabama having very good defensive backs, both at safety and corner that maybe there's a bit of a just, inflation of the guys that they did have last season as far as their prospect i'm i'm not a huge fan of deontay thompson i think that he he, he's like i said he's not a great tackler if you need him to cover a guy i don't know if he's a great in man coverage i think he's more of a zone kind of safety if you if you get stuck putting him on like somebody in the slot i think you're in trouble i wouldn't use a first round pick on him i would probably use a third round pick on him wow and the one thing i would say about the seahawks before we move on is that i think Gardner Johnson is a good fit for them. I would expect them to trade down before taking him because that's their MO. I think they only have four picks right now. So if you're the Seahawks and you're targeting a guy like Gardner Johnson, knowing that there is a lot of uh, you know people dis- disagreeing with who the best safety is, you if you trade down 35, 40, you probably still get him. You know, maybe even you know low 30s. So trade down once, trade down twice, and then if you don't like the offers that second time, maybe then you take Gardner Johnson there, kind of like what they did with Penny. Mm. That's a, I like that idea. That is the Seahawks' way for sure. Does anyone think Penny was a good pick, by the way? Uh, Chris Carson does. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting Chris Carson paid one day. That's true. That's, I, I think they kind of. I, I, I think it's kind of like how they, I described. It. I think they settled on him. They were planning on taking him the second round once they traded down again, and just nobody gave him an offer they liked, and they just said, "Screw it, we're taking our guy here now." Yeah, and, and look, I mean, I don't think they. I mean, if Chris Carson doesn't play well, then. I mean, what do they have at running back? And they knew they wanted to readjust the, the approach in terms of the, how they would be offensively. And I think, I think Penny could have a really nice year in, in his second season with the way that offense operated and how he looked at various times. But yeah, well, I mean, I, I think he's a. I think Penny could be a good NFL running back. I just think he could have been a good NFL running back in the third round still. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the problem is you took him where you did out of nowhere. Uh, okay, Tom, you're on the clock at number 22. You were the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you had that, that swap, the, the, the infamous Joe Flacco swap that everyone's talking about, uh, with the Baltimore, in our mock draft, with the, uh, with RJ and the Baltimore Ravens. He just freaked people out. People are like, is Flacco in Tennessee now? What are you talking about? We traded him during our mock. We forgot to tell anybody. You did actually uh, trade for Ryan Tannehill over the weekend, so you probably won't take a quarterback here. I... (laughs) 
I mean, they brought in Tannehill. I think that this is for Tennessee. This is the year where you have to make your decision on Mariota. You've got Corey Davis. You signed Adam Humphreys to be your slot guy. And now I feel like we're going to get Marcus another weapon because this is, again, this is the final chance for us to figure out what we have with this. So we're going to get a dude who can stretch the field vertically. With the tight ends, with both Fant and Hawkinson gone, I think Tennessee would want a tight end if one of those two fell this deep. But since they're both gone, I'm taking from Oklahoma Marquise Brown, who is not perfect. He has flaws. He doesn't have the greatest hands. He drops too many passes, but he has speed. He can run routes and he could win. You know, he he's a very viable deep threat, which is something that I think Tennessee could really use on the offense because we haven't really gotten a chance to see it from Mariota much, but when he was at Oregon, believe it or not, he could throw deep somewhat accurately sometimes. So I think that's something that Tennessee could really use on offense, even if he's not the most dire need for them at this point after signing Humphreys. I still think that he could make that offense really dangerous. Hmm. Uh, all right. Tom, you're also on the clock again. You're, uh, you get, you get the Titans and the, uh, the, uh, the Oilers. Um, you have the Houston Texans next. Uh, Oilers. Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? No, I, with the Texans, I think it's simple. You have to keep Deshaun Watson from getting murdered because he <laughs> takes way too many hits. So I'm a Tom. Tom, top of your head, do you know how many times Deshaun Watson was sacked last year? Oh, at least 80. <laughs> You're not even far off. 62. Yeah. yeah. It it felt like, I mean, it, it forget sacks. How many hits did he take? I mean, it, it had to be. 80. I mean, Bill O'Brien's, Bill O'Brien's. 75% of his pass attempts, he took a hit. It's like two weeks after he had to ride a bus to a to an away game because his spleen was about to explode <laughs> and he couldn't get on an airplane. Bill O'Brien's like running him on quarterback sneaks at the goal line against the Jaguars defense. Like, what the hell, man? But no, I, I've got to protect him. I've, he's too talented. He's my future. I'm taking Andre Dillard, the offensive tackle from Wazoo. I don't know if Dillard's going to be great as a run blocker and left tackle, but I know he can pass block and protect Watson's blind side. And for me, that is priority number one. Uh, Andre Dillard actually uh, was in, in a run blocking stance one time in college. Only one time. That's the, that's the only time Mike Leach has run the ball one time since Andre Dillard got there. <laughs> Uh, RJ, you were on the clock, number 24. You're the New York Giants. This is our swap from the Giants and the Raiders move. You traded down from 17 to 24. What's your play here? Yeah, they've been building up the offensive line the last two years. You know, they brought in Nate Solder last year. They drafted Will Hernandez, and then they made that swap to get Seitler. I think now we're looking at a guy that can play right tackle. Uh, a lot of people love this guy as guard Cody Ford, you know, out of Oklahoma, a offensive lineman. Most people are projecting him to go inside with guard, but I know some people are going to like him at right tackle. So it wouldn't shock me if, you know, with his size, that if that one of those teams that like him is the the Giants to bring him in there and try him at right tackle. And then, you know, if you have to kick him inside with guard, like we were talking about with Jonah Williams, like kick him inside the guard, Zeitler and his $10 million cap hit can be gone next year. Um, so I think, I don't think you lose that much in that scenario because uh, you were going to get rid of Olivier Vernon anyway and, and then his big contract. So it's not like you gave up a ton to get him. Um, so I think he's going to improve them at right tackle and, and, uh, you try that out and all of a sudden now Eli Manning probably doesn't have to run for his life as much. I like it. Uh, Giants need, Giants certainly need help, uh, in many different places. Ryan, you're on the clock for the Philadelphia Eagles at number 25. Uh, currently, Corey Clement is the primary running back on this team. Hmm. Wendell Smallwood's there, and, uh, along with a couple other guys you probably never heard of. I haven't taken Joshua Jacobs, running back out of Alabama. They also have needs at safety, and maybe even you could argue, uh, on the defensive line, depending on who you're asking. But uh, you take the best running back in the class. He can pass block. He can catch balls coming out of the backfield. Huge help to Carson Wentz. 
uh, onward and upward. And unlike uh, most other Alabama running backs, he doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. Mm. And uh, considering he'll be playing for Doug Peterson, he won't get a ton either because they'll have five backs getting carries. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, Tom, you like Jacobs? Oh yeah, I think he's the best running back in this class. This- I don't. I mean, he's not. He's not Todd Gurley. He's not your Saquon Barkley. He's not Ezekiel Elliott. But I think that he's he could definitely be you know Cream Hunt without all the off field stuff. Um, do you do you like this running back class as a whole, Tom? In terms of what like do you think there's like these Devin Singletary guys and um, you know David Montgomery or these like day two day three you know day two guys? Do you think this is more of a day two class or? Oh, for sure. I think if. The only running back in this class that I would consider in the first round, and it's where, you know, Ryan's taking him is late in the first round, is Josh Jacobs. Everybody else, I'm waiting until maybe, you know, probably the third round for most, some second round if I'm really desperate for a running back. I, I don't think that this class overall is great at any position on offense. I think you are 100% correct. Well, tight end, I think tight, but I think tight end is very heavy at the top two. You've got very good ones, and you've got a couple good prospects after that. But I just think that overall, as far as skill positions are concerned, it's it's a light class on offense. Yeah, it's not it's not a great class on offense. Uh, next up, we have RJ, Indianapolis Colts. What you gonna do? Yeah, we're gonna go with Byron Murphy, cornerback out of Washington. Uh, he has absolutely everything you want from a number one corner, except for top end speed. He ran a four five five forty. Um, that that will turn some teams off. I don't think Indy's one of those teams. You know, we see the type of cornerbacks that they've been employing. Uh, if his if a receiver doesn't run away from him, if he's not, you know, Marquise Brown just flying down the field, uh, Murray's, Murphy's gonna beat him with the ball in the air. He's got great size, great technique. He looks like the prototype at the position, running through the drills at the combine. So he he's absolutely the guy. If I'm looking at a cornerback in the first round, he's the guy I want my team to take, especially if I. I don't need him to, to you know, fly with these speedsters. I, you know, I mentioned in the last round about Clemson defensive linemen. I feel the same exact way about Washington defensive backs. You just watch them play, and they're never, you know, they might get beat, but they're never in the wrong spot, and they're never really doing the wrong thing. They're so well coached that it's like it's the same situation where they might not end up being superstars or all pros in the NFL, but I know I'm going to get a starter who's going to be around for a few years. And I feel like Byron Murphy, as a floor, is a starting NFL cornerback. That's a good thing to have. You need starters, and uh, the Colts need uh, defensive help. I am Oakland with my third pick, and I would have loved to get Byron Murphy there. Man, my pick stunk in this draft, i got to tell you. Um, but I don't mind this one. DeAndre Baker. Uh, number 27 overall. This is the uh, Mari Cooper trade. I think I, I was under the impression that I really thought John Gruden would take a receiver with one of these picks to spite Amari Cooper and to spite the Dallas Cowboys. But given the fact that he has acquired Antonio Brown and signed Terrell Williams, and then, of course, we drafted Noah Fant earlier in this draft, um, certainly I think you have to go defense. You had mentioned Devin Bush here earlier for this pick, RJ. Do you like the De- uh, DeAndre Baker, or should I have gone linebacker? Baker's solid. Uh, you know, he didn't look, you know, show well at the combine. So I had, I know some people thinking he probably would move down. He might be a, a day two pick, but you know, you're not going to make your, your primary evaluation off the combine. It really just, you, you can uh, affirm things that you've seen on tape. But if, if you're bad at the combine, it just sends you back as a, uh, as a front office to go look at the tape some more and see what, why does this not mesh up with our, our thought of him coming in? So. I think it's a solid, you know, it's, they definitely need cornerbacks. So it wouldn't shock me if they made a, a pick like this. I would have preferred 
you know, if you had stayed at 24 and not traded up to go with Murphy at 24 instead of Baker at 27. But uh, and Bush might have been a better fit. But you know, they need corners, so why not? Okay, thanks for that. I know some people. Some people are looking at you know who, who because Baker fell off a little bit at the combine. Who is the third cornerback in this class now? Could it be someone like Rocky Sin or or someone come up and pass him? So it'll be interesting to see if they do go corner at this pick if they do say think that Baker is the third or if they go with a different guy. Yeah, there are a lot of big, tall corners that you could see the Raiders fall in love with. But I love DeAndre Baker. He played in the SEC, and you talk to scouts, and they're like, there's very little bad tape of him against all those SEC receivers. He's the same size as Byron Murphy, played against better competition. I love both those guys. I love, In fact, I love both those guys more than Greedy Williams. Yeah, I mean, I think if I think if DeAndre Baker's faster, he's the number one corner in this draft without question. Yep. Do you think he has enough tape speed? I think he's got football speed. I just think that that's his. I don't think he really has a major flaw. I just think that's the one thing that's good. People are going to nitpick is he's not like a burner. You know, it's just. But if he had like that kind of four three, even low four speed, I think that number one corner, he's probably a top ten pick because he does everything else really well. All right, interesting. Uh, Tom, you're on the clock with uh, the Los Angeles Superchargers at number twenty eight. And I'm a little heartbroken because I was hoping to get Byron Murphy or DeAndre Baker, but they <laughs> literally just went with the first two picks right before me. So I find the Chargers, I wouldn't be shocked if there's a QB there, if they made that move to wow. get somebody, you know, to have Rivers groom. But that's not the direction I went. I think that they, they realize they're still, you know, that they don't have much longer with Phil, and they weren't that far away last year, and they haven't been that far away the last few years. But they could use some help on the offensive line. So I'm taking offensive tackle Greg Little from Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, little little uh, beef up the old protection for uh, for Philly Ribs there. Um, how many tackles is that now in this first round that we've had? One, two, three, four, if you count, I assume you count Jordan Williams, five with Juwan Taylor. That's- it's a lot. Yeah, so five. Yeah, five. Uh, Ryan, you're on the clock with the Kansas City Chiefs. So this is a crazy pick. Uh, I would have loved to have Marquise Brown here, which sounds crazy in and of itself because you're talking about the Chiefs who need need help on defense. But we don't know what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill, who uh, could be suspended based on the, these allegations of domestic uh, des- domestic dispute involving his kid, I believe. I don't even know the, all the details, but it's not good. And the Chiefs have known about it reportedly before the combine. Um, and they were sniffing around Antonio Brown. They were sniffing around Le'Veon Bell. I think our, our guy Jason Lockenford reported that. So that said, and Marquise Brown already off the board. I have him taking one of my favorite receivers in this draft, Akeem Butler, 6'5", ran a 4-4 and change at the combine uh, at Iowa State. Um, he makes all sorts of crazy plays. The only issue is, and this sort of big issue, sometimes he struggles with drops, but if you can get him to focus and consistently make plays, I just can't imagine what he would do uh, with Patrick Mahomes throwing, him, throwing the ball you know, 20 times a game. Uh, I, speaking of those drops, I have some fun stats ready if you'd like them. <laughs> you crushed me on Drew Locke. Now you, you crush me on, on Iowa State. Oh, no, I love Hakeem Butler for all the very <laughs> same reasons that you said you love him. But like you said, his one knock is his hands, and that's really – I mean – Those are sort of important. (laughs) Yeah. According to Sports Info Solutions, I looked this up. I I was doing another story a couple weeks ago. Looked this up, but there were 57 receivers in the FBS level that had at least 100 targets last year. Butler had 111 of them. He had 12 drops, so his drop rate was 15.2 percent. Of the 57 receivers, that ranked 57th. His on-target catch rate of 74.7 percent ranked 50th. His first down rate ranked third. So you know. He's obviously that huge play threat. It's just 
it balances out because he's he's always going deep and he can make huge plays and he helps counterbalance those drops. It's just man, he drops a lot of passes. Yep. That yeah, is I a, think he's that is a ton of passes. I mean, that is a ton like fifteen percent drop rate is is problematic. Now, to to his to 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 defend him a bit, a lot of his catches are in traffic. He's usually you know bracketed by two dudes. And Iowa State's chucking the ball up in the air, and he's got to leap over these dudes and make the catch while they're pulling on his arms and that kind of thing, and that could lead to drops. But still, that's that's not a good drop rate. And uh, I'll, yeah, I don't disagree with any of that, and that is a huge concern. Um, and those those fifteen that fifteen percent sort of slaps you in the face. If the Chiefs could sort of work something out in the second round, get someone like Paris Campbell, um, maybe the third round, get someone like Andy Isabella, I would love that too. But uh, we only went one round deep. I would have loved to have Hollywood Brown there. Couldn't get him, so I went with uh, Hakeem. That's exactly what I was thinking, Ryan, is yep. when you said Hakeem Butler, I was like, man, waste till day two or trade back to day two and get Paris Campbell. I think that's going to be a better fit for, for making your offense a little more dynamic and keep that speed element in there. Don't you, do you think, don't you think the, um, the Chiefs kind of, I mean, don't they have to go defense too? Like, are they really going to take it? Like, I don't know. It feels like, uh, they definitely, they, uh, D4's gone. They cut Justin Houston. I mean, maybe Hakeem Butler can he ed- rush off the edge? I don't know, but yeah, they definitely need help on defense. <laughs> Get his hands up and bat passes down at a point. <laughs> catch it. You might as well knock him down. Hey, Akeem, go catch these passes from uh, the supposing quarterback. <laughs> Ends up knocking them all down. Uh, okay. and, and, you, and, I mean, you want to go defensive end. You don't want to go edge rusher, but but you have to have the, the, the talented guy to get there. You know, maybe you trade up for a guy, but if this is how the board falls and yeah, six, six edge rushers, seven rushers are off the board, then uh, who are you going to get? You know, Ja'Kai Polite maybe, but he, he might not be as – as you may be like D Ford, you know, not a great fit for that four three they want to run. O'Shane Simenez, you know, a, a small school guy that, that we talk about, it's the same thing. You know, he probably better fit as an as an a, a four a three four outside linebacker. Zach Allen doesn't have the the type, he's got the size, but he doesn't have the type of pass rush ability. So I don't know who it is. If you do want to go pass rusher here, who are you going to take at this point? No, I think it'd be a trade down situation if you're the Chiefs. Unless hey, maybe the plan as Ryan has pointed out multiple times is let's just score seven thousand points. And let, yeah, we won't play any defense. It doesn't matter anyway. Good luck catching up to us. Uh, it should work out well once we get to the playoffs. The Green Bay Packers on the clock, uh, got this pick number 30 from New Orleans. And Tom, you are still the uh, Green Bay Packers GM. Which direction do you have him going here? I can't believe he's fallen this far, but I took Devin Bush, the linebacker for Michigan. And it's, I'm mad at myself because for our listeners who don't know, I, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and in this draft, I have added both Montez Sweat and Devin Bush to Green Bay's front seven, <laughs> which I think is a great talent infusion for a defense that needed a youth and speed and talent in its front seven. So I, I think I've had a very good first day for the Packers. That's and that's bad for the Bears, obviously. The, I think if you added Sweat and and Bush, given like, you know, they would go out and get Zedarius Smith. They had Preston Smith. Uh, those two guys in free agency still have Mike Daniels there. Add Adrian Amos in free agency. You can be like, you can see Mike Pettin's unit cooking with a little bit of gas here, right, RJ? By the way, I mean, this, you, you, sorry to interrupt real quick. But no, this is name, why you're getting Kevin Cole for not taking Devin Bush at number 20 and Greedy Williams. Go ahead, RJ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you add this much talent, are you starting to, it's gonna, it might take a minute for a tall gel, but are you looking at it like the Bears situation where they have all that type of talent? You, you, you bring in so many high draft picks and you bring in the right free agents and now you got those guys you mentioned, the Smiths on the outside, um, you know, Adrian Amos at safety, the two guys that Tom's drafted here. I mean, you're looking at a top tier talent organization as far as on the defensive side of the ball at this point. Now, yeah. of course, the question is, 
the Bears have Mitch Trubisky, and can Aaron Rodgers be as good as Mitch Trubisky? <laughs> well, I mean, I think the thing is, like, don't if you're the Bears, if you're the Packers, don't you just offer the Bears Aaron Rodgers for Mitch Trubisky at this point to try and take <laughs> yeah. yourself over the top? I mean, look at that salary cap relief you'd get. Would you? T- what would you? If the Bears, if the if the Packers called the Bears and said, "We'll trade you Aaron Rodgers for Mitch Trubisky," what would you do, Tom? I would trade Mitch Trubisky in a heartbeat for Aaron. I don't Rogers. think Sean would, though, right? Sean Wagner. Sean Wagner would not. Right. Yeah. Um, it really, Sean's an idiot. Right. Uh, Sean I, would trade oh, Mitch for Jay Cutler and nobody else. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he really would. Um, RJ, you're on the clock. Number thirty-one, Garrett yeah. Bradbury. Oh, I, yeah, I'm sure the Rams. Sorry, shocked he fell this far. Yeah, and the Rams, I'm shocked, you know, he didn't go top 30. Brinson was thinking about taking him at 16 before they signed to center. Um, I would be shocked if he got outside the top 30 picks. He had a great combine. Um, absolutely master at using his leverage and knowing how to get the edge in one-on-one situations. You know, they moved on from John Sullivan. This would be an upgrade from John Sullivan, even if he was there. So I think that line gets even better when you bring in Garrett Bradbury to start and he could start from day one because, you know, he's well-rounded. He's advanced for, for the position. Um, I agree. He is a plug and play guy who can, uh, who can succeed. All right. Number 32. I'm on the clock with New England Patriots. Dun, 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 dun. We have a trade. One final trade. I was willing to make this trade because I was tired. I want to go to bed. RJ's pastor me with picks. Um, I'm the, pa- plus the Patriots always trade out. Makes total sense that they would do this here. They, we trade out. The New York Giants give us 37, 142, and 143. This is a quintessential Belichick trade. Get some later round picks, move down five spots. RJ, the floor is yours with the final pick of our mock-tacular mock draft. Giants fans, I'm sure are going to hate it, but we're going Daniel Jones out of Duke, quarterback. Um, you know, they want to wait on a quarterback till next year. We've been saying we never know what's going to happen year in and year out. You don't know if you're going to be in position to get a quarterback. And if you like Daniel Jones, I think go ahead and just take him now. You look what the, and even if you are number one, look what the Cardinals did. If you're terrible and you get the top pick, you can take your guy then and turn around and trade the pro, probably trade the prospect for something. We had Kyler Murray going to Arizona number one, so I don't think it'd be crazy if the Giants were terrible. Daniel Jones doesn't doesn't perform well that they would turn around and take Tua number one too, and then see what they could get from Daniel Jones. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Jones could be a good fit with what the Giants do. Um, he gets the ball out quick. He's going to have a familiarity with that style because you know we come out of David Cutcliffe system so you know has been connected to the Giants for that reason um, so I think it makes a lot of sense and you're only sacrificing these two later picks in the fifth round the Giants don't have a strong roster top to bottom you'd like for them to use those picks but if you can, you can get up get that fifth year option for having a, you know a first round contract I think go ahead and do it see what you get in Jones in year one and if you need to reevaluate the quarterback position uh, you know down a year later we could do that too Tom where are you at on Daniel Jones uh, you know everything I said about Drew Locke? Yeah. Well, Drew Locke was a little more accurate than Daniel Jones while generally throwing deeper. But wow. Daniel Jones is much more mobile. So, I, I again, I, I this is a two-quarterback class to me. Everybody else is fighting to be a backup NFL quarterback. Well, I, don't, I don't know if you saw how the Giants are building their roster, but they're not going to throw deep, so it doesn't really matter if you get a quarterback. That's true. Class. I mean, you, you paired Daniel Jones with Golden Tate. Now you're cooking. Daniel Jones, well, look, Daniel Jones is going to hand off to Saquon Barkley 700 times next year if he gets drafted. Um, all right, so Duke's, uh, Duke's offense actually was doo doo last year. Like their offensive line wasn't very good. I mean, you put Daniel. I like Daniel Jones. I don't love him. Oh, good. I think the, he's he'll like, be great in New York. Then the Giants yeah, will be fantastic. He's he's an. Int- I mean, I'm being kind of hard. He's an intriguing prospect. I understand the traits that are there that he has that will be intriguing to teams. And as we always see, since the quarterback is so important in the NFL, they always get incredibly, they get overdrafted by a lot. And right. that's right. 
In a perfect world, I'm drafting Daniel Jones in the fourth or fifth round. In reality, he's probably going to be going on day one or two. Um, let me point this out quickly before you wrap this up, Brinson. So with those three first-round picks, uh, with the, the Giants get Josh Allen, Cody Ford, and Daniel Jones, the quarterback, uh, after trades and all that. Is that better than taking Sam Darnold last year and say they get a mid-round pick this year because they were slightly better with Sam Darnold? Who knows? And say Cody Ford. So they get a, they get offensive lineman this year too. So Sam Darnold or Cody Ford and Cody Ford or last year Saquon plus Josh Allen, Cody Ford, and, and Daniel Jones. Who are you taking? Uh, and Odell Beckham stays, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's, I, mean, I will take the I'll take the Odell path because they have Odell. I mean, that's right. Yeah, but you don't get Cody, you don't get Cody Ford in that. Situation. Oh, 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 oh. Right. Um, no, no, you still have you. Still oh, yeah, you're talking pick. about getting a lower pick. Yeah, yeah. no, no, yeah, you, you have a mid round first round pick. So you're you probably, take yeah, you're probably not going to get that low. So I mean, you're probably even talking about John Taylor, Jonah Williams. Yeah, know, maybe but, I was trying to give him a little benefit of the doubt with uh, <laughs> Sam Darnold, but sure. Well, let me ask you this: Tom mentioned that he thinks uh, he's done a great job with the Green Bay Packers. Uh, in this draft, get Devin Bush at 30, and you land Montez Sweat at number nine, and all you have to do is really trade 114 and 118 away, and you pick up 181. Uh, I, th- I would agree. I think the Packers in this case would be a first day winner. Is there anybody else who pops out to any of you guys uh, that that might qualify as a winner? Steelers are losers. All right, what else? Oh, <laughs> a winner or a loser? Give me one of each, Ryan. You got anything? Before before we move on, just from the thirty second pick, just a little bit. Let's just if you don't if you're not a fan of Daniel Jones trade, you know, and you want to see who the Patriots pick. Like, how do we let Christian Wilkins get out of the first round? Oh, I mean, yeah. Talking about Clemson Clemson lineman, you love Clemson D lineman. I can't believe that guy didn't go in the first round. He'd be a great addition. Um, you know, at the value for the Patriots if they stay. I did a mock draft where they traded up to get him, you know, 26, 27 because he was falling because I just think he's a good fit there and he'd be, you know, a, a great addition in terms of talent when they're losing guys like Trey Flowers and Malcolm Brown. Um, you bring him in and all of a sudden your defensive line's a lot better. So yeah, that would that, be my pick for the Patriots. That's, that makes a lot of sense. In fact, I've had them taking Jeffrey Simmons who tore his ACL at mm. 32 just because he's Jeffrey Simmons. He's really good and he's hurt, but the, the Patriots can wait. Yeah, there there are a lot of defensive linemen and edge rushers in this draft that will be going in the late latter half of the first round and second round who would probably be top half of the first round in most seasons. Yeah, I mean, no, this is a it's weird because the 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 draft class matches up to the the free agent market and just in terms of like what is available out there. And I this is this is a rich get richer draft class because you end up you're going to see teams trade a little bit back. And then as a result, they, I, I don't know, I think, I think you'll see them pile up, yeah, but like the Patriots and, and Ravens and smart teams will trade like five or six picks back and then get good edge rushers later in the draft that they'll, they'll end up being steals. I like, I, the, the Jeffrey Simmons thing is interesting, um, because the Patriots have done that before, take a, a guy who's injured in the first round because you end up getting the, you end up getting the, the fifth year option. So you're able to hold on to him a little bit longer. So from that perspective, I think it makes a lot of sense. And you're probably right, RJ, with Christian Wilkins on the board. I think what was our, our conversation was like, all right, you know, I like the drama of Daniel Jones going 32nd overall. Right. But with Christian Jones, with Christian Wilkins on the board, the Patriots are probably hanging up the phone and taking him. Yeah, I would think so too. Um, so the Patriots are losers for not taking Christian Wilkins. Uh, who's a winner on your mind, Ryan? Don't, you don't get to bash me as Kevin Colbert anymore. Uh, I like what the Raiders did. Ed Oliver, uh, Noah Fant, and then uh, they got the uh, defensive, uh, the cornerback DeAndre Baker. I think you had all those picks. Yeah, thank you. Very good. I'm very. Oh, so you, you really do hate the Steelers. So good job on that. Uh, what, what do you? Is there any way the Raiders can screw up this draft? Like how? How could that? Like what could the no. Raiders do to screw up this draft? And they have the 35th pick too. 
Right. Like, how are they? But I'm saying, like, in what world could the Raiders leave the first round and and there's somebody that writes they lost that first round? Or like, I don't know. I don't know what it would have to be. Like, they're gonna draft like I mean, three wide receivers. Number four. Remember yeah. the Browns had those three picks, and we were like, "Oh, they're having a great draft." And then Jabril Peppers was one of them, and and he got an F from a lot of people. Like, I don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, that's that's right. not a great first round pick. So then it kind of puts a little bit of stink on your draft class if you take a guy that that people think is a reach or isn't a fit. So I, you know, considering they have two picks later in the in the in the first round, if they you know whiff on one of them, I think there will be people saying, "Oh, they they missed a chance to get so and so, and they could have been a lot better." So I'm grading this as a C, you know, or or a B minus. Even heard you know, that or, last year. About Denzel Ward or the Miles Garrett and they took Denzel Ward. Is that right? Oh, no, last no. year took Denzel Ward because then they could have taken Chubb and prepared yeah. Miles Garrett. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, Tom, anybody who stands out to you other than yourself as uh, as Brian Gutekunst? I like, I mean, I like the Broncos trading up to get Haskins instead of settling for Drew Locke. I think that was a good thing for the Broncos. I think that, I mean, looking around, I. I like the Raiders. I, I agree with Ryan. I like what the Raiders were able to do it, but I think they could, like you said, I think they could definitely screw up their draft if they stay at four and take somebody like DK Metcalf. <laughs> and then, I mean, I don't know. It's really, I think the Cardinals win for taking Kyler Murray because I think that he could be an absolute, you know, superstar. I feel like, um, I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, but we're at the point where there are very few surprises because we've sort of heard these names for months now. Like there's no real name that sticks out to me. I mean, RJ's White, uh, right, in that Christian Wilkins was um, not on this list, and a part of we can blame Brinson for that because he took Dexter Lawrence instead. But other than that, there's no Hakeem Butler maybe because he can't catch. We've decided, but uh, other than that, these all seem like names that we've seen around. This is a it's it's so deep. Like the I th- I think anything from I've been saying this for a while, but anything from like. If Inkeel Harry went 35th, it wouldn't surprise me. If he went 15th, it wouldn't surprise me. If you even say 45, nothing, nothing in that range would surprise me. So I think from that perspective, this draft class, it's, you're going to be hard to, hard pressed to find somebody who's a, like a, is a loser per se in the first round just because of, um, you know, just because of like how deep the draft class is. And all that. Yeah, I would say, I would say, uh, put the Steelers down as loser as, uh, you guys uh, hate Greedy the- Williams, huh? The Ravens traded up, you know, and, and to get, you know, Steelers should be looking to trade up if, if Devin White gets out of the top 12, you know, and see if they could get him. And so to see the Ravens do it ahead of them, I think they, that already makes them semi losers. And then, yeah, if they take a corner that, that fans don't, or the, the, you know, people that doesn't actually fit with their scheme, um, or what they want to do and then he can't tackle, then I think people will consider them pretty big losers. I, I would say the Bears are losers because I did so well for the Packers. That's, that's, that's a good point. By the way, I love that it speaks to like RJ's mentality versus my mentality. RJ spent like he's like trying to find every team that Tom and Ryan had that like that was above the Steelers so he could leapfrog me to get Devin White and finally got it and then like and then finally got to happen with the Titans as it turns out I probably would have just taken Greedy Williams to spite Ryan anyway. Um, <laughs> and uh, that'll put a and and, yeah, yeah another another winner I like is you know just somebody else's pick is the Titans they move down a few picks they get a mid round pick and then they pick up Marquise Brown he really does something different for that offense from what they have as ter- in terms of receiver you know you really kind of like their offensive upside if you got Derrick Henry pounding the ball inside and now um and now uh, Mariota has all these different options including a speed option to throw to as well as a slot for for Humphreys and then the number one guy in Corey Davis so I would coming out of this draft I would put the Titans as pretty solid winners too right assuming he's we don't know he's gonna be healthy but I love Marquise Brown yeah um all right that's uh that's the uh that's the podcast mock draft
Great stuff, guys. As always, follow him at Tom Fernelli on Twitter, at R- uh, Ryan Wilson CBS on Twitter, at RJ White One. Um, do you, uh, do you, do you promo Sportsline RJ? What do you, are you posting on there right now? Or is it no, not, not in off season? I've been doing AAF picks. Um, started out really well, six and two of the first two weeks. Not as good the last the last two weeks that I've been doing them. Um, I, I haven't been really following the action this past weekend because you know we had that ten hour draft that you and me were a part of on Saturday. So I don't really know how my picks are doing this week, but uh, it's been you know a little hit or miss, which kind of expect going into the season with the AAF because you don't know what to expect. So. So a little interesting there. So, yeah, go to Sportsline. You can use promo code WHITE, sign up, get a dollar on your first month of coverage. That's going to take you through, like, NCAA tournament. You know, you get a lot, everybody's great picks there. Um, and then all sorts of NBA playoffs. You know, you basically want to be on Sportsline 12 months out of the year, not just for football. Right. Uh, but RJ and I did a three-sport um, fantasy draft on Saturday. Baseball, basketball, and football. It, it literally League took, of Leagues. League of Leagues. It took 10 yeah. hours. It was nine hours and 59 minutes. Officially. We barely got it in. Yeah. Uh, that and, sounds like a great time. And nine hours and 57 minutes were us waiting for Tim Bontemps to make his picks. It was brutal, man. <laughs> he was like, he was like, right, he was right in front of me. And like we're sitting, I was sitting at my buddy's house. We're just like, we're just screaming. Bontemps. He, like, he was like at a press conference <laughs> and he would disappear for like seven minutes at a time. And you're just trying to get these. Like you're like picking like, I mean, I don't even know who the hell half the people I picked are. Do you like your team, RJ? I think so. <laughs> I'm not a huge NBA guy, so like I'm just throwing darts, you know, when it comes to the second half of the draft. We should uh, we should go through our teams pick by pick with Ryan and uh, Tom on the phone right now. Oh, that, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> all right, thank you guys as always for uh, for joining. Great times. Talk to you soon. Uh, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review.